God is good. God is good. Maybe you've noticed that theme in the songs we've been singing today. Good, good Father, you are good. God is good. I want to read part of this Psalm, Psalm 34, and I appreciate uh, Russ and Phil uh, giving me the opportunity to speak today. I haven't spoken in a long time, so settle in. We'll be through by, I don't know, two, three, sometime. <laughs> but, uh, Psalm 34, David, going through one of the difficult times in his life. He had many. He said, verse 4, I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you as saints, for those who lack him fear nothing. As I thought and prayed about uh, what I wanted us to focus on for a few minutes today, I kept coming back to this. God is good. In some respects, maybe that seems like kind of an obvious statement, like, you know, the sun is hot, the sky is blue, water is wet, ice is cold. But maybe it's not quite so obvious sometimes. It's something I need to be reminded about sometimes. As Russ mentioned, in the two and a half years since we've been in this room together, a lot of things have happened. A lot of things that have happened in our world, even more obvious challenges. Shauna mentioned the, the, the racial hurts that have become so apparent. They've always been there, but the, the political craziness, the financial craziness, the, I don't know, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to be depressing. But a lot has happened. And a lot has happened to us. Sherry's mentioned there are several in our number have going on to be with the Lord, and that's great for them, but they leave a gap. Many have lost loved ones, certainly to COVID and to other situations in these past two and a half years. And just the, the chaos of COVID and Zoom and work and school and, and the unknowns and so many different things. We can honestly wonder, is God really good, or is he good to me? We've just sung that. God's so good to me. Is he? Job is held up as a man of, of faith in God, but he did wonder sometimes. God, why is this happening to me? In one place, it's, it's certainly a paraphrase, but he says, God, could you kind of go pay attention to somebody else right now? Because your focus on me is not real helping me a lot. The psalmist, when you read the psalms, 
Sometimes it's God, where are you? Why is this happening? Sometimes they get to a better place at the end. Sometimes they don't. You got to read a few more Psalms. Jeremiah, just finished reading Jeremiah. One place, he says, God, you tricked me. You deceived me. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. But God is good. And I want us to think about two aspects of God being good. A lot of things we could say, a lot of things we could talk about. Let me read you some scriptures, first of all. I'm just going to read a lot of scriptures for a moment. Second Chronicles 5.13, this is when the ark was brought to the temple after Solomon's temple was completed. And it says the trumpeters and singers joined in unison as with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, other instruments. They raised their voices and praised to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. So many of the Psalms, we've read one where David says, well, try God out, taste and see God is good. Psalm 25, 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Good and upright is the Lord. Psalm 86, 5. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. Psalm 105. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And that phrase is repeated in a number of Psalms. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. You know, when we get to the New Testament, the word gospel, what is gospel? What does that word mean? Good news. God is good. He has good news of salvation, of redemption, of forgiveness. In Acts 20, when, when Paul said what his life was about, he says, I'm testifying to the gospel of God's grace, the good news of God's love. I want to think about two aspects of God being good this morning. One is creation, and the second is recreation. God is good in creation. You know, in Genesis, you read over and over again the things that God created. And then he kept saying about them, it's good. It's good. And it summed up, let me read you a verse that sums it all up in Genesis 1, 31. God saw that he, all he had made, and it was very good. God started out in creation. Showing his goodness. Now, not everything we create is good. We have cars that break down and technology that has glitches and products we buy that don't work. I tried to build a bookshelf one time. I'm, I'm not much of a carpenter handyman. I thought, how hard can it be to build a bookshelf? You just put a you know, a board here and a board here and a couple boards here and 
couple of nails and a hammer. Oh my goodness, that bookshelf. We were young, had three young kids, not much money. It was rickety. It was, I mean, I, would, I didn't want to admit that I'd made it. <laughs> and when we had to move and couldn't get everything on the truck and having to decide what to leave behind, guess what was the first thing? <laughs> that bookshelf. God's creation is good. I, I'm not a scientist. But the heavens declare the glory of God. The psalmist says. Romans 1 said, God's invisible qualities, his divine nature, they're demonstrated in what's been seen. God is good in this creation. Now, let, let's say this. You know, God pronounces it good. Well, is it? I could pronounce my bookshelf good, but that didn't make it good. <laughs> There are many evidences of the goodness of God's creation, right? I saw something on my phone the other day. It's a new world. All the, all the, everything I know it comes from my phone pretty much now. This got my attention about giraffes. A baby giraffe is born six feet tall. Yeah, whoa. Woe for the mom. <laughs> and he's born upside down. Well, what happens then is his head hits the ground and it prompts breathing. And it bursts the amniotic sac and it breaks the umbilical cord and he's alive. Now, who figured that out? Wow. Mama Giraffe didn't figure that out. <laughs> God's good. He set things up in an amazing way. He had a plan and he had the power to implement that plan. I'm not here to study Genesis 1 and is it one day or eons or how did all this happen? I don't know. I don't think it's intended to be a scientific treatise, but here's what I do know. It says over and over again, God looked at it and said, this is good. This works. That took a mind, a power, an intelligence, and a goodness, a plan. I want to show you my watch here. I got this watch for Christmas in 1965. Don't tell me you weren't born or you were too old. <laughs> I wore it for many, many years. I wore it through college, army basic training, you know, having three kids, a lot of things. About 20 years ago, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, my dad who gave me this watch gave me a newer one. I wore it for a while and they quit. I started wearing this watch again. Somebody looked at it and said, boy, that's an antique. I'm like, excuse me, it's vintage. <laughs> Does it have a battery? No. <laughs> what do you do? It just way it winds itself or you move your arm. It's amazing. Okay, let me tell you about it. This watch, okay, 1955, 65 to now. This is an old watch. Keeps perfect time. Let me tell you how they make these watches. This is uh, 
Wittenauer. Apparently it was an expensive watch, it keep, keeps on running. And I have to admit, I was kind of disappointed when I got it for Christmas. I was a senior in high school, a watch. <laughs> <laughs> what about a new car? What about a... So, I appreciate it now. Okay, you open this thing up. You, as you can imagine, there are a multitude of little parts all going around and around and around to make it keep excellent time for 55 years or whatever. Here's how they make them in Switzerland. They put just all these parts in a shoebox and they put them on a machine and they shake it. It takes about a thousand years, but eventually they all shake together and it starts working and it keeps time for more than 50 years. Can anybody believe that? It's ridiculous. So, but everything just happened? It just happened? That's ridiculous. God is good. God is good. Why is there so much evil in the world then? And we're talking about, let's move from nature a minute just to us. Why do things happen? Part of the goodness of God is how he created us. In his image. And that means we have the ability to think and choose and reason and decide. We're not just glorified animals. We make decisions about life. You know, the animal world is amazing. You can teach a dog some amazing tricks. You can teach him to do a lot of things. I wish you could teach him to <coughs> wash the dishes and do the laundry or something, but you, you, you can teach a dog amazing things. That dog does not teach his offspring those things. We are different. We make choices. Those choices sometimes harm other people. Well, it should be different. How could it be different? How could it be different? Adam and Eve had some choices. They made the wrong choice eventually. And here's the thing about that shows to me how God is so good in his love and honoring us. And that he made us knowing we would make the wrong choices. You know, you think about when you, when you, when you got a little baby in your arms. And honestly, it's probably, it's a good thing we don't know the future, is it? But if you knew for a certainty that that baby in your arms was going to grow up and absolutely break your heart. Mm. Well, okay, is there a return policy here? <laughs> God knew that we would hurt him. We knew that our Redemption, our being brought back to him would cost the death of his own son. But he's good in creating us, in creating our world, and creating our nature. You know, but secondly, God is good in recreation. Good in recreation. Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Second Peter 
chapter 1. As Paul, uh, Paul Peter is writing, he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Peter says God's goodness has provided for us the opportunity to be different. To be what Paul says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, new creations. And I appreciate what Shauna said. That starts when we become Christians, when we're baptized and our sins are forgiven. But it's, it's somewhat a lifelong process of continuing to be created in the image of Jesus. God's goodness makes that possible. And it was a challenging plan for him. You know, we go on and sometimes we focus on the next section about make every effort to add all these things, the things we need to work on. And that's true. We need to work on them. But I think the main part, look what God offers us. Look what God has done for us. He's allowed us to belong to him so that we can participate in the divine nature. What does that mean? So that we can become more and more like Jesus and escape the corruption in the world. And this was a challenging plan for him because of what it cost him. And that's his son. And again, we wonder sometimes, well, if God's so good, why can't he just sort of blanket forgive us? I mean, why, why, why the cross? Why, why can't he just say, ah, don't worry about it? I can't tell you I understand everything completely about this. Tom Hughes and I were having a discussion earlier before church. You know, if, if I could understand everything about God, he'd be no better than me, and we'd all be in trouble. He's revealed to us the things that we can grasp. And I think the problem is not he can't explain them. The problem is we can't understand them. But this whole idea of God being perfect in justice, so we can't just say about sin, oh, well, don't worry about it. You know, most of us have some things that really bother us. They may be significant, they may be not, but they really bother us. I like things being very straight and in order. My daughter's up to smiling. <laughs> He's kind of smiling. <laughs> I mean, my dad told me when I was uh, two years old and we go to somebody's house, I would find, get out their pots and pans and line them up in very straight rows. And don't you mess up those rows. There's probably some kind of name for this disorder. I don't know. <laughs> I like things straight. I like them to look at you. 
you know, I, I, one time when our girls were in high school, we, we were living in San Diego and, and uh, their room was in the walkout basement. And I realized that they would come in from school and put their books behind the couch instead of taking them downstairs. So they didn't, they weren't on the dining table or the couch. And I thought, am I just an ogre here? Are they just afraid for their books to be seen? So they're trying to get them out of the way? I don't know. I'm sorry, Angie, you got deep problems with that. I don't think it ever said it. They did. I like things straight. Okay, I like pictures straight on the wall. If it's crooked, I got to get up and make it straight. One time we lived in Colorado, there was a neighbor around the corner. You could see in their picture window, they, they never pulled the drapes. And there were three pictures on the wall that were the same size, and the middle one was crooked. And every time I drove by there, I noticed it. And ironically, I ended up reaching out to that man that came to church. I ended up doing part of the funeral for his son who was killed in an accident. I never told him your picture's crooked. <laughs> it's just nobody's ever going to invite me to their house again. <laughs> okay, what am I saying? It, it, just, it, it just gets to me. I can't just say, oh, well. I mean, I've learned to. You, you get what I'm saying? It's like going to a wedding. You ever been to a wedding? The bride in a beautiful white dress, and there's a big ink spot right on the side. He's like, oh, I don't know. No, you, there's some stuff you just can't overlook. Now, I know this is not an adequate comparison, but God can't just say about sin, oh, well. Because he's perfect in justice. But he's perfect in goodness, so he's given us a solution. The cross. Because he is a good, good father. And he's given us an escape from the world. That's what Peter said. Some of it is here. You know, it is, it is so great to see, see you live. But this is not a perfect place. The church is a perfect plan marred by imperfect people like me, but it doesn't change the beauty of the goodness of God's plan. And I think as we have gone through so much turmoil about race and culture and so many different things, you just have to appreciate again, God's plan to bring people together from all kinds of backgrounds and cultures and perspectives so that together, we follow Jesus and enjoy a sweet fellowship. God's plan. This isn't a perfect place, never will be, not to excuse things we need to grow and work in, but God's plan. It's a good plan that because of the death of Jesus, we're forgiven and we have God's spirit and we can grow and we can overcome sin and we can become more like Jesus and we can be part of a group of people who are trying to do the same thing. Do we really believe that God is good? Amen. It's hard sometimes when there are challenges and disappointments 
and discouragements, when people let us down, when we let ourselves down, when things happen in life, when we may be suffering because of somebody else's sin, when so many things happen that we're not in control of. In fact, what are we in control of? I mean, in terms of life. But God is good. He is our good father. Amen. You know, if you're studying the Bible, should I be a Christian? Should you know? Yes. God is good. Does that mean everything that happens to you is going to be good? No. It does mean, Russ mentioned the scripture the other night that we hold on to so often. Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And call according to his purpose. He's not saying everything that happens to me in my perspective is good because I don't even know how to keep perspective or look at things correctly from God's lens sometimes. But he's saying our good God, our good father is going to take care of us. You know, you love it in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said in our vernacular you know, your child asks for a cracker. You say, ah, find a stick to chew on in the driveway. No. He says, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Don't you know your father knows how to give good things to you? There's a challenging psalm. One, one more verse. In Psalm 116, 12, the psalmist says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? Now, there's a sense in which we don't repay him. We can't repay him. He said, what do I do in response to this? He said, I will lift up the, call, the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. God is good, so we will be faithful to him to the last breath. Because God is good. He's good in creation. God said, looked around and said, you know, this is good. What I've created is good. He's good in recreation. I've given you promises that allow you to be new, to be renewed day by day, the scripture says, not just when we're baptized, to escape the world, to be a part of a group of people who are trying to love God and follow him. God is good. I like to say it. I know it's kind of like, you know, maybe kindergarten or third grade. But let's say God is good. God is good. Let's say it. I appreciate Desiree. Let's say it louder. Let's, let's say it. God is good. One more time. God 